Listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are talking with Michael Sorrell, a research fellow at IMD Business School, located in Switzerland, of all places. We are so excited to have him with us. Michael has co-authored a really interesting article entitled, Why Reverse Mentoring Works and How to Do It Right. The idea of reverse mentoring is really fascinating to me uh, and a concept that has the potential to create engagement across so many businesses and organizations. I cannot wait to hear more about the concept and to get Michael's thoughts on this innovative twist on traditional mentoring. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Michael Sorrell. We're really happy to have you. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do? So thank you. So uh, my name is Michael Sorrell and I'm an American born and raised in New York, but now living in Lausanne, Switzerland. And I'm a research fellow at IMD Business School in Switzerland, where I am responsible for working on research articles for both academic journals and practitioner journals, um, like the article you found on hbr.org, for example. Um, currently, I'm, I'm interested in researching strategic renewal, which is basically how large established firms renew and invent themselves using their resources both internally and externally. Well, that's great. Well, I'm so excited to talk about this topic. I can't tell you. There are so many businesses and organizations right now just struggling, trying to find ways to stay relevant as they face you know, shifts in society that are driven by not only societal changes, but technology. And then we've got this transition from one dominant workforce to the new dominant workforce. And then at the same time, you know, we've got uh, all these younger workers and young professionals mm-hmm. trying to sort of struggle to find their voice and share their knowledge and contribute somehow to their jobs and their community uh, and their careers in more of a yes. meaningful way. And this idea of reverse mentoring, it really, it's just such a terrific opportunity, <laughs> right? For these two groups yes, to come yes. together. And I, I just can't wait to hear it. So why don't we start by, you tell us what is reverse mentoring? So reverse mentoring is what we consider the pairing of younger employees with more established senior executives to discuss topics which are of strategic importance to the organization. And this was started by Jack Welsh back in the late 1990s um, when he wanted to, yes, when basically he wanted to have his top executives understand the internet because the internet was being created around that time. 
And he thought that this was something that his executives needed to, to learn about. So he created which reverse mentoring. Um, and he is credited with the reverse mentoring uh, kind of phenomenon. So if you do a Google search, it'll come up with Jack Welsh. And so the idea is basically to do a flip on the reverse mentoring, uh, to do the flip on the traditional mentoring, which is where a senior member mentors a younger employee. Here we're having in a younger employee mentor a senior member of the organization. And why it's become popular now is, is what you've stated, is because there are a lot of trends which are happening now, um, which are really either disrupting, disrupting companies or kind of outside the traditional box or thinking of most uh, senior executives. And this is issues, things related to digital, sustainability, globalization, things regarding the sharing economy, diversity and inclusion, and as we talked about millennials and Gen Z. And what's happening now is that stakeholders of many large corporations are expecting senior members of the corporation to have a detailed knowledge of these topics, but also talk, talk about them with experience and in depth. So it's kind of don't just talk about digital, you know, walk the talk. And in order to have that type of rich understanding, really senior uh, staff members and, and top management team members really need to go to in-depth detail and learning about these topics. And one of the people in the organization that they can leverage are younger employees, for example, millennials and, and Gen Z. Yeah, it's fast. I just uh, fascinated, but it's really true. So I, I, I became aware of your article through my local bar association because like a lot of organizations, we're looking at, so how do we stay relevant? Not yes. just to younger members, but across the organization, right? Even, you know, it's, I think it's not accurate to say that it's only the younger generation that's looking for more engagement online, easier ways, you know, easier ways to access things and, and all of that. But even on the task force that we put together, we, you know, we're looking at benefits, but I, you know, and I'm pretty, you know, I think I know what's going on, but even I'm amazed at the, at the depth of knowledge when it comes to, uh, you know, social media and uh, online engagement and, you know, all of these sorts of things, very forward thinking, because a lot of people are forward thinking, but each generation sees the future differently. Um, yes, and, and there's, it's not just about, you know, forward thinking in terms of just digital. There's also forward thinking in terms of sustainability and diversity inclusion, which is an old topic, yeah. Um, yeah. but has come back into, I guess, our consciousness and our conversations because of what we're seeing with the Me Too movement and also what we're seeing now what's happening in the United States. And these are obviously topics that you can read about or, or find online or, or, or take a course on. But really what people want to hear the top management team and from CEOs is that kind of understanding, that kind of in-depth experience that, you know, these are topics that they've been thinking about, that they've been talking about with people, and that they understand the kind of issues that are important to not only the current generations, but future generations. And the only way to get that type of experience is really to have to go to deep learning. And the best way to have to 
get this type of learning is to have conversations with people who these issues are important to them and to really talk about you know what are the issues what are people thinking about these issues and how the company can help solve these problems or basically provide some type of solution to the, the issues regarding sustainability, digital, diversity, and inclusion. And at the same time, what people want to hear is authenticity. They want to know that this is something that this CEO, for example, has been talking about a lot. And the best way to have authenticity is to basically have conversations with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I want to know, though, because when, when somebody forwarded me your article, I went, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so what, uh... talk, to me, talk to me a little bit about the pushback, like the challenges in sort of, you know, because I can see the benefits, but there's got to be some challenges. How, how have you seen those play out uh, with the people? So the challenges, the, the challenges that most people come up with is that, you know, this is just another HR program. And when you go to people about, do you want to be in an HR program? They're like, well, what really is this a good use of my time? Right. And especially as you go higher up in the ranks, you know, executives, senior executives are struggling with a lot of issues. They're managing a lot of stakeholders and you come to them with what appears to be just another HR program. And that's going to be the biggest challenge that they're going to face because they're going to say, yes, this is not you know, on the top of my list of things to do today, but also they're going to say, well, what's really the ad added value for me? Uh, what's the really the strategic, strategic importance to the organization of doing this program? And that's really the, the biggest challenge. And, and to overcome that, it needs to be seen as a way for companies to tackle strategic issues in the organization and challenges that the company is facing that is somehow related to HR and deals with this with younger generations. A good example of this is one of the companies we talked to was a financial service company. And what they found was that they were having trouble attracting millennials to their industry. And millennials were interested in it, but in, compared to other companies and other industries, they were interested in other things, for example, tech and, you know, doing things regarding sustainability. So what they found was that the senior members of the company found that they needed to change the way they talk and they needed to change the way they interact with stakeholders to reflect the things that are important to millennials and to reflect the, and talk to millennials about the things that they're interested in and showing how millennials can have a career in the financial services. And this was something that was of vital importance to the organization because they needed to recruit talent and they needed to bring the next generation in. And what they found from talk, with talking with uh, mentors with, through this uh, reverse mentoring program was how to position the company to make the company more attractive to millennials. That, that's really interesting because it's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought the biggest concern would be egos. No, no. The biggest, so the biggest, I mean, there are issues regarding egos, but the, the biggest concern is time. And the, the biggest concern is basically how is this going to help me with the challenges 
that the company faces yeah. and how is this going to help me with the challenges that that I face in my department and when it's framed as just another HR program I think people don't think of it as strategic importance and that's one of the problems with for example programs that um, come from HR they're not seen as really strategic and overcoming that is basically having buy-in from from senior managers and from the top saying that this is actually a program that is going to help us with our strategic challenges and our blind spots and help us bring the company into the future yeah I mean walk the walk I remember yeah. I worked for a big corporation when I was younger and it was always the the newest CEO's pet project so you know yeah. we all got to get on board with this now we all got to get on board of that and after it's all done you're like well it was a waste of time because it, nothing gets carried forward but when you're talking about buy-in that is huge it's yes, absolutely it's huge it's, it's crucial that you know it's not just instigating like you said but to get buy-in but for the long term so i'm getting a signal from paul i'm hold that thought okay. <laughs> we're going to take a okay. quick break when we come back more thoughts from michael on reverse mentoring stay with us we'll be right back COVID 19 better known as coronavirus has spread throughout the world information about children with this disease is limited but they are known to have had mild symptoms Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces regularly, and for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Well, a research fellow at IMD Business School. Uh, did we did mention where you were from, right? You, that you came. You're coming to us from Switzerland. I'm coming from Lausanne, Switzerland. Yes, uh, by Lake Geneva. Oh, oh, like Le Mans, depending on whether you're French or, or or American. And it's if you haven't been to Lac Le Mans or Lake Geneva, it's beautiful. It's oh. one of the four lakes in Switzerland. Oh, it's lovely. Then you have I'm, a beautiful love... view of the Alps. Oh, gee whiz. This is <laughs> I'm so awesome though. This is the this is the cool thing about the internet that we can do this. I'm super excited. Well, we are talking about reverse mentoring and uh, we were just saying how important buy-in was. Uh, yes. or buy-in is to the whole process but um and, and, and oh, let me go just ahead. make one comment here because yeah. um i made the original statements that you know buying had to come in from the top buying also has to come in from the bottom um like yeah. i said walking the walk and talking the talk if you're going to come with to a propose a program to a younger generation like millennials or, or gen z mm -hmm. they have to have buy-in they have to believe that this is a program that is supported by the top and supported by the organization is going to have the resources and the training and the commitment to maintain the program and help them achieve their goals because if they don't feel that this is actually a worthwhile program and helping them and with not only their careers but also about the issues that they're involved in 
then they're not going to want to participate in the program and the program's not going to last long. So you require buy-in from all the stakeholders, which is the, the CEO, the top management team or senior executives, and then also, the, for example, the millennials or the, the Gen Zers, depending on which uh, generation you would like to uh, work with in the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, let's get practical. How can an organization or an individual uh, on their own get involved in reverse mentoring? So I'll tackle the easy one first. So the individual, <laughs> if your company does not offer a reverse mentoring program, then one of the things you would like to do is, is kind of like if you were trying to find an executive coach, basically find out the issues that you're interested in learning about, uh, whether it's digital sustainability, diversity, and inclusion, and try and find someone in your organization who basically is, is working to be a change agent in these type of topics. Generally, you would like someone who's not in your department and someone who'd be willing to meet with you and talk with you about not only these topics, but what does it mean for the company? And how can the company do, be doing more of these things? And it can be basically from a network, or it can be, you can talk to HR, or you can just uh, have, you know, try to identify people in your organization who know about people in the organization who are interested in these, these issues. When you try to do it at the organizational level, it becomes a little bit more tricky because you need a lot more people involved in the whole process. Ideally, it should be uh, start with a relationship between a senior member and, for example, a millennial. And the idea then is to try and develop a program and find millennials who would be interested in being involved in this program. And then once you've started to talk about kind of topics and issues and what kind of program you would like and the rules, then the idea is that you would present it to HR and then to the CEO or the CEO, depending on who's in charge of this. With an organization, you would like the millennials to run the program. Um, this is one of the things we found that it really needs to be run by the younger generation. They need to be responsible for the training, for the mentor, um, for the recruitment and for the matching. Um, because the matching is, is, is very difficult. Um, and the more that the millennials can run the program, the more buy-in you'll have, and the more energized you will, they will be in building these relationships and, and making sure that the program runs well. I, I was thinking um, as you were speaking, and, and I thought this when we were talking earlier too, about the idea that the, that you find someone who has an interest in the company or the organization. So, you know, because it's, it's more, it's not in the traditional sense of mentoring. A lot of people look at mentoring, like I'm trying to improve myself, my practice, my job, whatever it might be. But this has an interesting twist in that it really is most effective in an organization where you've got people who are invested in the organization, which is why I would imagine it's such a great engagement and retention tool because yeah. if you're, yeah, right. If you're going to go through all that work and you've got people, you know, you want to get them invested in the company and 
it's really great because you're matching someone who presumably has been with a company for a more significant period of first significant period of time, more so than someone who's just come on in a younger uh, career capacity. So you have that, uh, that it, it's almost working both ways because you've both yes. got to buy into the company, right? So that back when and the, forth. When, when you have a really good uh, mentoring relationship, it kind of reinforces it. It creates a lot of synergies within the organization because remember the, the, the mentors who are the younger generations are then talking about the program to their other their co-workers and to their colleagues and talking about how great the program is and all the things that they're learning and how what they're learning about the company this is the tricky part because it becomes a double-edged sword just as much as the program can energize the younger generation it can also kind of have a negative impact if the program's not run well so it can de-energize a a, a younger generation or younger employees if there's not really a sense of buy-in and the program's not uh, run well, or it is not really thought as important to the senior uh, staff members of the organization. So you, it really needs a lot of a lot of buy-in and a lot of commitment and a lot of dedication to the idea that this is really an important program. And we want to do this because not only is it going to help us who are the senior managers but it's also going to help to energize the younger generations and the goal of the program is to basically help the company overcome its strategic challenges i think that's unique as well that common goal idea to better the organization or better the business uh, the company to both of your benefit to to the more senior and the younger professional right to both of your benefits yes Um, and and one of the things that has to be clear is these don't have to be start out being big goals. I mean, it, it isn't like we're talking about, okay, now we're going to talk about mergers and acquisitions. These can be things, like I said, about, you know, how do we better position the company to handle the issues around millennials? Or how do we deal with the issue of diversity and inclusion? What, should do, what do I, as a senior member, need to be doing who should I be talking to? Should I be reaching out to organizations? So there's a lot of um, little things that can happen that can create big change within an organization. Um, but the important thing is, is, is that the learning process, this is about one generation learning about the important issues that are impacting younger generations and our society as large and being more in tune with what's happening to them and in the external environment. And then trying to figure out the how the company can solve some of these problems. Well, Michael, I love this topic. I could go on all day. I, this is <laughs> fascinating. I think you've, you've given me so much to think about. Um, and I hope, I'm sure you've given our listeners a lot to think about as well. I hope so. it's, a, it's a great concept. It's a really great concept. And you explained it so well. As we sort of wrap up today, do you have any sort of words of wisdom or thoughts for the future on this sort of on this topic yes so what we like to talk about at imd is the monday morning takeaway which is (laughs) on monday morning nine o'clock when i walk into the office what what can i do or what should i be thinking about and i think that as we move into what we consider the knowledge economy one of the things that people need to understand is that we're in the age of continual learning and whether it's you're learning online or you're learning through a book or you're learning through a coach or a mentor, 
you need to constantly be learning because the, we're in a time where with lots of disruptions, lots of changes, lots of important issues regarding sustainability, diversity, inclusion, and digital. And you're not going to be able to really learn about these issues at once uh, or using one source. You need to mm -hmm. use a variety of sources and you need to learn the way you learn best. And the, one of the best ways to learn is obviously through conversations and with people who are really trying to be change agents in these areas. Well, that'd be you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so much. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining well, us and sharing. Thank you for having your, me. Yeah, we loved it. It was great. Great topic. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to learn more about Michael, uh, you can find him on the web at www.imd.org. You can also connect with Michael on our website uh, by visiting sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and David Knight, Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, engineer producer Paul Roberts, our associate producer Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Steve Bristol. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective, and until next time, raising the bar. Now, now.